Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Under the radar. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Under the Radar with me, Chua Tiantian. Now, if you recall, we spoke with used car marketplace Caro sometime last month, and today we're going to bring you an inside look into yet another marketplace, but this time for alternative investments. Now, according to the company, Elta is Southeast Asia's largest digital marketplace for alternative investments, ranging from direct investments to late-stage private companies, private equity and VC funds, asset-backed securities of luxury assets, real estate and more. Now, since 2016, the marketplace, or Elta, has completed over a thousand transactions valued in excess of 600 million US dollars. It's created access for investors to invest in over 22 billion US dollars worth of mandated opportunities globally. But really the question is how will the ongoing turmoil in the global financial sector and the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank affect demand for alternative investments on the platform? And what does this mean for Elta in terms of screening investment opportunities available on its marketplace as well? So for more, I'm joined by Kelvin Lee, co-founder and CEO at Elta. Kelvin, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. Great to have you on. And Kelvin, before we get started, I understand Elta Group says it's Southeast Asia's largest digital marketplace for alternative investments. But tell us more about your business model, the type of MAS license you hold in Singapore. Also, what are the type of investments you provide? Because I understand one of the funded deals on your platform was SpaceX. So it sounds very interesting here. Tell us more about that. Thank you. So I think, you know, as Alta, um, the word implies, the name actually suggests that we want to bring alternative assets to everyone for all, right? So I think the idea is that the missing part of your portfolio, a regular person should have about 10 to 15% allocated into private uh, investments. But today, most of us regular people have close to zero. And, you know, this journey started really coming from traditional part of uh, the, the capital markets, investment banking myself. Uh, I looked at the problems uh, that were plaguing the market and thought about how you know I myself could invest in private equity, the best performing asset class. You talked about volatility. I think we're seeing a lot of volatility in the markets today. Uh, you know, one point to note is that some of the best companies that we use every day, WhatsApp, Slack, Uber, were born uh, in 2000, 2009, right, just post the GFC. And at a point in time, the problem was that regular people like us could not invest in this new generation of companies that I wish we did. Uh, you know, and therefore, you know, even though it is uncertain now, there is fear in the markets. That fear is expressed by investors through their actions in the public markets. In, on the private market side, I think it's still uh, somewhat of a relief. You think about it, um, the rest of the economy, the backbone of the economy is uh, uh, the private markets. The private companies employ majority of the people in most economies that we are, we, we are part of. And if you think about the universe of companies today, 80% of companies with revenues of over $100 million are private companies. So these are people that we must, companies that we must continue to support and invest in. And our business model today is basically we have a licensed securities exchange in Singapore that allows you to uh, list your companies, list your assets uh, for liquidity or price discovery. We have a brokerage, uh, licensed brokerage uh, business, which allows investors to buy and sell securities. So like you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Caro was on the show previously from companies like Caro all the way to international companies like SpaceX. Uh, we are able to also uh, allow you as, a, as an investor to invest uh, your money into top tier private equity or VC venture capital funds, uh, really bringing down the excess to as low as today, 
460 US dollars for one of the deals that we have on the platform. Um, the last uh, business that we have is the fund management business to really facilitate this uh, investor access and liquidity programs to allow more people to join uh, the asset class so that it becomes a mainstream part of your portfolio. Mm, right, and let's talk about your customers. Who are your main customers given that your average deal size on your platform stands at 10 million US dollars? So who are your main customers? Which geographical markets are you in and what's your footprint in those markets? Sure. So I think, you know, when we started, uh, because of our institutional background coming from investment banking, uh, majority of our clients and investors were institutional uh, investors. So if you think about the world's available capital as one big circle, half of that circle essentially of uh, available capital, uh, you know, is held by institutional investors. And these guys have, you know, sufficient, in fact, over allocation to alternative assets, private equity funds today. But the other half of the circle, really, where we, you and I actually exist, we have close to zero uh, allocation to alternative assets. And that's really the mass affluent, the family offices that we really want to start serving. And that's really where you know, we focus a lot of our time on distributing uh, products to. Uh, so really coming down from when we started the business uh, back in 2016, the minimum check size per investor into deals was about 50,000 US. Today, as I mentioned earlier, uh, for one of the latest deals that we have, the, the minimum investment check size is 460 US dollars per share in a private company that is pretty uh, global. Mm. And I'd like to turn our attention, uh, Kelvin, to look at the wider business environment you are in. We've seen the ongoing turmoil in the global financial sector. Uh, more recently, the takeover of Credit Suisse by UBS and, of course, the wipe-up of Credit Suisse uh, 81 bonds. So a lot of volatilities. Uh, going on there, how has that affected demand for alternative investments, particularly those investments provided on your platform, given that you're dealing with a lot of startups there, you're dealing with PE funds that may have been affected by SVB. So what's the demand like? Yep. So I think the general fear, environment of fear, as I mentioned uh, earlier, is expressed by investors through their actions on the public markets. And definitely there is a trickle effect in terms of appetite, risk appetite in the private markets. I think what is uh, interesting, again, as I mentioned, that uh, some of the best companies that we use today, WhatsApp, were born post the GFC in 2009. And the interesting part is that previously it is not investable. Today it's in, it is investable. It's definitely a good vintage for people uh, to invest. A great year to start deploying into private companies, early stage deals. And therefore, you know, for those that, uh, and we have seen it during the, the, the uh, past two years as well during uh, COVID, whereby you know, resilient uh, economies, including that of our neighboring countries like Malaysia, Indonesia, where it's domestic consumption feeds. Uh, uh, well, that's their essential companies that they work, uh, that, that, that they live with every day. Uh, essential companies attract very, very resilient investor demand, investor interest. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we do have, besides uh, funds and companies, also investments in real assets. So real assets being uh, things like uh, uh, arts. So we've done, uh, as an example, uh, asset-backed securities of Batik Art in Indonesia. Uh, we have, as an example, upcoming projects in property, in art galleries as well, in museums. So tangible assets in general perform better. And especially in this rising rates environment, inflationary environment, real assets tend to withstand uh, inflation. Right, and on the supply side of things, given the current challenges in terms of fundraising and all, would you say that it is a time for you, for Alta, to be getting more quality startups to list on your platforms then? Yeah, so I think in general, for the past eight years, our deal flow is pretty constant. I think what has changed is that 
uh, we have been getting a lot more as, as the companies mature, the vintage uh, also changes a lot more later stage companies. So it's not necessarily a reflection of the quality of the companies, but it's just the vintage of the companies that have been you know, with us that we've been tracking over the past eight years. Uh, and yet at the same time, again, uh, I have to remind myself that we have to continuously, uh, continuously serve the new generation, younger companies, because it's the right vintage to actually start backing some of these new ideas. I think humans in general uh, are pretty resilient uh, um, during a crisis. So with fear, uncertainty, job displacements uh, in the markets generally, we become survivors, become creative and energized and really start creating, right? So that's definitely is a good vintage for us to invest uh, in a new wave of companies, ideas and projects. Right. If you're just tuning in, we are now speaking to Kelvin Lee, co-founder and CEO at Alta. Well, Kelvin, um, what are some learnings from the recent bank runs and rising rates from the US Fed uh, for you and for Alta? For instance, will you diversify your customer base away from a certain group or will you shift your product offerings away from a particular type of alternative assets in terms of your focus there? Sure. So I think that the broadest regulated marketplace and exchange in Southeast Asia today, I think we have the widest wrap of products that we don't just cover private equity, private companies, VC funds, etc., etc. But as mentioned earlier, really also including real assets, which is still an alternative asset into our portfolio. The fear of the markets today, again, um, is really expressed through the actions on the public markets. But really remembering that the private companies that we're serving, we're backing today, really accounts for the backbone of our economy and most of our jobs. We want to make sure that we continue to give them access to the capital markets. Right, and let's talk about partnerships, Kelvin. I understand Elta has partnered with an Indonesian luxe fashion company called uh, Iwan Tata Private Collection uh, to bring batiks to the world of uh, investable alternatives. Now, that is in the form of digital assets. So how does it work? Again, how's the appetite like for digital assets given the ongoing uncertainties we're seeing right now? You know, funny thing is, even though we do not touch or even do uh, crypto. Uh, crypto relied on the back of the uncertainty in the public markets. When we think about real assets, alternative assets, art as an example, it is it is, uh, it is something that cannot be replicated uh, over overnight, right? So as an example, Iwan Terza, one of the probably two uh, most famous basic artists in the country, uh, it's impossible to replicate his works. There is a scarcity value in, in the actual art itself. Uh, what we do is actually a asset-backed security. So it is still a security instrument uh, regulated by the Securities and Futures Act. Uh, and that's really how we think that because of the scarcity value, you can't replicate or recreate such an art, artwork. We think that it's a great addition to your investment portfolio. Right. And again, going back to the topic of partnerships, uh, Elta has partnered with a Singapore headquartered investment firm called Lighthouse Canton to launch a new venture debt strategy for investors on Elta to invest in venture debt. Again, uh, apologies for going back on what's happened with uh, SVB, but uh, how would that affect this partnership? Will there be tougher checks on the cash flows of startups and ventures that uh, investors on Elta can invest? Sure. So I think, you know, it's a really valid concern and you know, thank you for the question. I think that, you know, obviously having worked with uh, Lighthouse Canton, we have been uh, carefully tracking their exposure and they have actually come up with a public statement saying that they have very little direct exposure, if at all, to the situation in the US banking system. Uh, and from the beginning, I think the fund is really focused on Indonesia and uh, Southeast Asia, which is really fortunately uh, sufficiently distant from the current fallout. Uh, with that said, obviously, you know, definitely around the world, not just, you know, to mention that as an asset class, there will be more caution in the public markets and the private markets. And we're expecting, however, because of um, the express, the, the way that the views, are, the investors' views are expressed in the public markets, 
slightly safer, uh, less volatile environment in private markets and alternatives, which, as I mentioned earlier, institutional investors already have exposure to. Hopefully, mass affluent investors or even the mass market investors today can actually then uh, get somewhat of a, a shelter from the volatility in the markets by parking some of their assets in alternatives with us. Hmm. And before we let you go, Kelvin, what are some future plans for Alta this year? Any teasers for us, whether it's in Singapore, whether it's globally, some of your global plans? Sure. So I think really because we have um, somewhat cornered a market in real assets, uh, ranging from rare art, uh, even rare whiskies, rare wine, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the ability to do or even own, as an example, a museum or art gallery and get a clip of their ticket sales that everyone, every time someone visits the museum. is something uh, I think is a growing trend around the world globally. And, uh, you know, we're definitely going to expand into even more assets so that more people can actually invest in what uh, serves us every day in our daily lives. Being able to visit a museum is not a luxury. It is really just part of culture uh, and our daily lives. So really uh, looking forward to such uh, partnerships. All right. Thanks very much, Kelvin. That was Kelvin Lee, co-founder and CEO at Alta. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.